cruising along the fake spike podcast episode seven seven in like you know a week and a half we're not doing too bad here we're going strong going and on. love it loving every <laughs> minute of it yeah man October thirteenth uh, was our first one, so two weeks. Beautiful. Hey, many more to come. Many more to come. I didn't have any anything specific to talk to you about today. I know it's a bit too early to do predictions for the upcoming game. We're gonna do that Friday or Saturday night. But I definitely wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things, ranging from just your early gut feeling on how this Sunday is going to look, how the massacre is going to look against the Chiefs, <laughs> and the other big thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, news i read today again i don't want to dive too deep into it it's just kind of a blurb it's nothing confirmed one way or the other but the fact that trevor lawrence even mentioned the possibility of going back to school when going into the season it was practically a given that he was number one pick and he was going pro uh that's just the life of being a jet fan and of course it already gave me a reason even more reason to be pessimistic this year but uh Yes, you taught me well. But uh, before before we talk, Lawrence, talk to me about this is uh, we're playing the Chiefs, defending champions, one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFL. How are you feeling this week? What are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> I uh, could not wait for the lines to come out because I've been telling myself for weeks that if the line is under 25, I'm jumping all over the Chiefs. So the line came out on FanDuel. It was only 20.5 and I jumped all over it. I, yeah, I'm not a big better. I bet, you know, two, five, ten. If I'm really crazy, I'll bet 20. I, I threw in like 150 on this one. So that goes to show you how much, what, what I think is going to happen this week. There's no possibility that the Jets stay close. If they do, then something dramatic happened. But I mean, it's we'll, we'll go into a more in-depth analysis when we talk about the game. But um, the fact that this line is down to like 19 the last time it looked is, is an absolute gift. If you have any way of betting, get on there and bet that line. There's no way the Jets, there's no way the Jets cover that spread. It's out of the question. For me personally, I agree with you. Logic says that it's going to be one of those college games where like an Alabama or just one of the powerhouses uh, takes one of those cupcakes team teams for the first two weeks just to get there offense and sync defense and sync just to build build up confidence this is what this game feels like to me like the jets are the sacrificial lamb and they're being thrown out to the wolves uh and it just go ahead we know what's going to happen but uh we'll put the cameras on you just to make it fun um two things i'm looking forward to to seeing number one will Le'Veon bell score three touchdowns uh i'm saying yes uh, i'll be surprised if he doesn't score two uh, I'm just going to say they're going to feed him the ball, especially in scoring inside the red zone. Uh, and they're going to actually show the Jets that that's how you use him. He can actually still be of help. Number two, I'm looking for will the Jets really be embarrassed to the point where the stars of the Chiefs are going to be benched? I don't want to say halftime because that's just going to be, if we're down by like 35 at halftime and the Mahomes and the Tyreek Hills don't even bother suiting up for the second half, that'll just break me as a man and as a fan. Just survive three quarters. Keep it within 30 for the first three. Let those guys sit out the fourth. So I'm curious if it's going to be one of those massacres that um, to the point where the Chiefs are literally going to start resting their players in the middle of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely go into my thoughts like when we talk about the game itself. But I think all of, all of the above except the Le'Veon Bell scoring a bunch of touchdowns. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, 
I, I, I see this being ugly by halftime. I see the Chiefs just starting to run the ball in the third quarter so that they don't really truly embarrass the Jets. And then I think they're going to sit their guys in the fourth quarter. That's pretty much the way I look. I'll, I'll go into a more in-depth analysis because I have pretty much a breakdown in my head of how it's going to happen and scores and everything else. So we'll, we'll talk more about it later in the week. But this has the potential to be ugly. And I, and I always sent you a meme earlier, which I, I literally burst out laughing. It was hysterical. Laughing. It was yeah, hysterical. It was hysterical. Um, anyone who's listening now, there's a meme out there of a guy, um, I guess it was Twitter, who said, um, you know, I can see the post-game, um, post-game press conference now. Adam, you know, Adam, why did you bother kicking a field, a 53-yard field goal down 84 to nothing? And I just, and that's exactly the way I look at it. That's what the Chiefs could do if they wanted to. So it's, uh, you know, 84 nothing sounds about right. So, And you know his response, well, I looked at my play sheet. That's what it said to do. <laughs> Well, the guy below responded, and he was like, "Well, you know, the, the defense defense was having a tough time, and you know, the offense felt it was good just to get any points on the board." It's like, come on, really, three points, and it, it, when you're down eighty-four, you know. But without going too deep into the game, like you said, without overanalyzing it, you touched on the reason why I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be a, a big part of the scoring line for the Chiefs. I think that the game is going to be out of hand and the Chiefs are going to run. They're not going to look for big explosive plays late in the second half or possibly even early in the second half. And that's why I think uh, there's going to be one of those perfect situations. You know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be dying to get touches and actually show uh, the Jets, listen, you guys just did not use me right or you don't have the talent around me. So I think he's going to be kind of uh, trying to ball out and really show everything that he still has left in a tank. So I, I think it kind of aligns with the fact that his team should be comfortably ahead. He might be getting touches. Um, and who knows, the Jets might literally just quit on themselves when you're down by 25, 30 points. It's just going to be one of those half-ass efforts. They're going to make it. Uh, it's going to be a pleasant day for Bell. That's that's the reason why I, I see him reaching the end zone at least twice, possibly three times. Well, if Bell reaches the end zone three times, then the Chiefs might hit 60 because there's no way Kelsey doesn't score at least two. Who's going to cover Kelsey? You know, I mean, see, now we're starting to get into some of my thoughts on the game. You know, who's going to keep up with Tyreek Hill? <laughs> Come on. I mean, they're going to score three touchdowns each. The Chiefs could put up 90 before halftime at that rate, you know? The Chiefs, if they're clicking on all cylinders, there's no injuries, and they just show up and ball out, yeah, it will get ugly, just a matter of how ugly. Are we talking like ugly, or are we talking ugly? Are we talking like bag over your head kind of ugly, you know? (laughs) I think we already reached that point. But now let's really touch on the dark side of being a Jet fan. Um, What were your thoughts? I don't know if you saw the article, or when I texted you, that was the first you you heard of it. What were your thoughts? when you heard the news that uh, it's a possibility, it might just be a talking point, but the fact that in a year that we're in a pole position for the number one pick, that number one pick happens to be, once again, my term that I've been using for the past three weeks, a once-in-a-generation quarterback, and now suddenly when the Jets are in pole position, he is not committing. Maybe one more year is not that bad at Clemson. Well, my thoughts were the same as yours until I went and read up on it and listened to some other opinions, read the article. Uh, this is this is much ado about nothing, okay? Trevor Lawrence said he's coming out, and what they did was they brought that up to him, kind of said, hey, you said you were leaving and, and you know not staying in school, so is there anything that could change your mind? And Trevor Lawrence was like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, maybe. You, you never know what could change my mind. We'll have to see what happens. But it was kind of the reverse. Everybody just reads the headline. Lawrence says he might go back to school, you know. And 
in reality, all they were doing was trying to confirm whether or not he was staying in school, uh, coming out of school and not going back and then asked him what could change his mind. And he's like, well, who knows? You know, I mean, who knows what will happen? So I'm not worried about it at all. I think uh, far too many people get into fights on social media because they only read headlines and don't really delve into the story. I'm not one of those people. I like to actually go read the story and, and, and see the deal. And so I'm not worried about this at all. Secondly, you know, with college, half half of the college teams not playing and COVID still around and they're expecting things not to come around until the spring with a, a vaccine, whatever, whatever. I don't think he's going to stay in school and, and go back and have to deal with all that stuff again. There's, there's, there's not much for him to accomplish back at school. He's, you know, he's going to be with a crappy team no matter what year he comes out. Um, and, you know, if it ends up being the Jets, it ends up being the Jets. So I think he's coming out. I'm not worried about him going back. The only thing, you know, we touch on this in every freaking podcast. The only thing that could that could make him change his mind would be if they if they retain this freaking mutt Adam Gase, because he, you know, if Trevor Lawrence does a thirty four seconds of research, he'll find out that Adam Gase has killed everybody he's ever touched. If Adam Gase is gone and Joe Douglas sits him down and says, "Hey, kid, uh, you know, we are we tore this thing up. We're ready to go. We've got three draft picks in the first round." And one pick, you know, basically they got the first pick of the second round. So we've got three early draft picks. Um, you're one of them, obviously. Uh, if the Jets end up making other trades, they might have others. But, you know, we got some young talent and do not be fooled by what you saw last year. It was a transition year. We were breaking it down. It's a new regime. This is not the old regime. And, and Trevor Lawrence, I think, will be comfortable coming here. So those are my thoughts. So you and me are completely on the same page. I have to give you credit. If we were having this conversation a few years back, I'd be panicking. I'd be throwing a tantrum. But I have to give you credit. Outside of being a crazy Jet fan, you taught me over the years to look at it not just from the crazy loyal fan point of view that everything's going to go negative you also have to look at sports from a business point of view and when you're a number one shoe-in quarterback you are not going back to school money talks being a guaranteed number one pick it speaks for itself you can get drafted and held uh, and hold out you are not going back to school that's just the guaranteed money that's just you are not giving up the number one spot especially when you see what happened to Tua? The guy got injured. Things happen. Uh, when you're the star on campus, every game you play, the opposing team is gunning for you. They want to make a statement. They want to make an example and a name for themselves. The The risk far outweighs uh, the reward as far as if you decide to go back to school. I know you can tell me about the insurance policies, all that. That's bullshit to me. You want to be the number one pick and you want to play. You're not going back to Clemson saying, well, if I get a career-ending injury, at least I got a $10 million insurance policy. That's bullshit. The kid wants to play. He wants to be an NFL star. He wants to win Super Bowls. So on that perspective, I'm not worried about him going back to school. I think he'll come out. Uh, I think even though it's a little bit early to, uh, to say the Jets are going to have the number one pick, we can at least pencil them into that position so i do think the stars align uh, he will come out he will be a jet and the one big holdup is exactly what you mentioned if gaze is the head coach which we both now believe that it just it, it, it can't possibly justifiably in any normal universe be the case but it is the jets and if they pull that rabbit out of the hat and say gaze deserves a chance with a real team and we're going to give him that team this year then i can see lauren saying what the fuck is this franchise thinking who is pulling in which way i am not getting involved with that shit show 
and his advisors would tell him that too. You, you cannot go to a team run by Adam Gase. But um, I, I had a thought. I forgot what it was on, on what you were saying. Oh, oh, is is Trevor Lawrence right? You're absolutely right. Aside from what I said about COVID and college being all screwed up, you're right. He's the guaranteed number one pick. He's coming out. He's he's going to get his you know four year thirty six million dollars. And if it's this year or if it's next year, he's still going to be going to a team that's two and fourteen or worse or three and thirteen some years. He's going to a crappy team no matter what. And you know the teams that that are good. If if you know if there's a team like 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 the Texans this year, if they have a, a really down year and, and they and they get that number one pick, they're probably not drafting a quarterback anyway. He's going to end up with a crappy team that needs a quarterback anyway, no matter what happens. No matter what happens, he's going to end up with a bad team that needs a quarterback. So I can't see him giving up a year um, where he would have you know an average. I guess it's an average nine million dollars in his pocket just to go back to college where he's got absolutely nothing to accomplish. I don't see that happening at all. And, um, you know, and, and yes, I could see him forcing his way to make, you know, out of get going to the Jets by forcing them to trade the pick if Adam Gase is there. But I still think he's coming out either way. Another great point by you that we're not talking about Peyton Manning, who playing in Tennessee, he went back for his senior year. He was trying to win a national title. He was trying to win an SEC title. Lawrence already crossed that off his list. There's absolutely nothing for him to prove. It's just playing with fire. It's a dangerous game, and it just doesn't make sense. So I think it's a given that he'll be an NFL quarterback next year. I'm optimistic it's going to be on the Jets. The other thing that the looking at all these teams uh, that were kind of that were bad teams, but they decided to commit to a young quarterback. They also committed to a young, smart, promising coach. The Bengals. Yes. The Bengals. Yes, they're still losing games, but you could see there is there is a sense of direction. There is a sense of understanding of what this team is trying to do offensively arizona cardinals everybody was laughing at them you just drafted josh rosen now you got a new coach you're drafting kyler murray look at that second year right coach right offense playing to the quarterback's strength team looks legit all of a sudden yeah look at look at the panthers with matt rule you know the i know it's a little later now but the rams with with mcveigh i mean these these teams with these young innovative guys that have some energy it, it makes all the difference i agree i don't know I, I feel foolish believing believing the jets are gonna pull something off like that they're gonna get a young offensive minded creative coach somebody who is actually desired by other teams in the nfl uh I don't think when they hired Gase, I think it was just like, well, okay, they the guy was in the running to be an offensive coordinator or an offensive assistant somewhere in the league. I don't think anybody was lining up to interview him as a head coach. Nope. The Jets felt he was a perfect fit because he underachieved uh, in Miami and killed their young quarterback. So Yeah, that's what happens when you have um, novice owners who know nothing about football conducting the interview process. We have to hope. This is the thing we haven't really touched on. We have to hope, pray, um, you know, do a rain dance, anything that that brings you luck your way. That they <laughs> let Joe Douglas do the do the interviews and the hiring, even if eventually the coach does not report to him. Fine, you want to have the coach and the GM report to you separately. That's fine. You have to let this guy go out there and find your coach. You cannot do what you did with Gase. You cannot do what you did with um. You know, by going out there and hiring these other two morons that got us bulls, although I, I actually like the bulls hiring at the time, so I, I, I can't say much about that one. But you can't, they cannot do what they did the last time, which is have Christopher Johnson doing the interviews, 
with Mike McCadden sitting there like an idiot and uh, and being pulled into some kind of freaking cosmic spider web of Adam Gase's eyes telling him that he can develop Sam Darnold. That cannot happen. Joe Douglas has to be the the you know the point person who's who's doing all of this and if he's not then I, you know we're, we're dead before we start if 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 i hear reports that joe douglas will not be involved in the hiring process or you know he's not in charge of of getting the coach then we may as well just like you know you ever see um bronx tale yes yes you ever see bronx tale when they when they go to the racetrack and they all see that the mush bet the horse yes. and they just tear their yes. stuff up the horse is in first place and they tore their shit up and just threw it in the air and walked out that's what we're gonna do if Joe Douglas is, if you know Christopher Johnson's leading the charge to hire the next coach, uh, then we're just tearing up our tickets and walking out. Cannot happen. You hire Joe Douglas. You gave him the keys to the car. Let him drive it. You, uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. It has to be his show. He's your football guy, the owner. You're the money guy. You you brought in the football guy to make the football decisions. Let him do what you hired him to do. So it looks like you and me are in agreement. We can safely say that there, it doesn't make any sense financially or football-wise. Trevor Lawrence is not going back to Clemson. It's just a matter of is he going to commit to being the face of the Jets if uh, if uh, the team stays the course and we get the number one pick, or is he going to be that frightened by the possibility of putting on the Jets uniform that he's going to say, no, 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 trade me. I am not reporting to the Jets. I think that only happens if Adam Gase is there. Uh, or you know, or they hire you know, <laughs> they can go out there and recycle some some you know um you know if they bring in like Brian Billick or or Brian, or Bill O'Brien guys like that. I think if they if they do the right thing, I think he'll come here. But one of the points you brought up before, which I've been hearing for the past few days, is driving me crazy because people are freaking dumb and don't research things. Peyton Manning did not run back to Tennessee because he didn't want to be a Jet. That is a, that is a misconception and it's pissing me off because I remember when it happened and I, and I went back to read to make sure that I, that I wasn't wrong. Peyton Manning was on the fence because he, want, he, you know, he did want a senior year, but he was willing to come out. What happened in true Jet fashion, freaking Bill Parcells being the old school A-type personality man that he was, didn't want to give a kid the power to tell him that what he was doing. So he never really called. I don't remember if he didn't call Peyton Manning or he wouldn't commit. But basically what happened was Jets really never really got in touch with their intentions. And Manning did not want to take a chance that he would not be the number one pick or that the Jets would trade the pick and he'd be somewhere else. So he just decided to go back to school. So it is not that Peyton Manning ran away from the Jets because they were a horror story. It is not that he dissed dissed the Jets and and ran the other way. It wasn't like that at all. I mean, there was a little bit of the aspect of the Jets screwed it up, but it wasn't it wasn't he didn't go back to college strictly because it was the Jets. So that that whole thing where everybody's now throwing this out saying, oh, Peyton Manning did it to us. Trevor Lawrence is next is bullshit no that's people bullshit. need to stop before before i let you go i want to jump back to the chiefs game what has to happen for the jets to keep this game uh 20 and under for them to keep the deficit uh under 20 points what has to happen this week under 20 points at the end of the game at the end of the game quarter? <laughs> <laughs> for the game for the jets to keep it under 20 points you know the only possible way that happens that i see it the only possible way is um the chiefs run up a big lead, take their guys out. Um, the Jets score a couple of garbage time touchdowns or at some point get a special teams or defensive touchdown. That's the only way. If the Chiefs, you know, run it up to where they want it, you know, where they can run it up and they get in the 40s, there's no way the Jets are within 20. If mm-hmm. the Chiefs, you know, pull the plug at 35 nothing 
or 38 nothing or 42 nothing then the jets have a an outside shot at a couple of scores and a defensive touchdown but i don't think it happens without a defensive score it, it's not going to happen or it, the chiefs could miss a couple of field goals or extra points or something but i mean we, we're stretching now the only real way it happens is if the chiefs you know get get com- get a comfortable lead and know that there's no shot the jets come back and then just pull everybody that's the only way i'm really glad that i asked the question because like you always do you made me chuckle a little bit i love that you're optimistic enough to think that the jets uh, first stringers can put up a couple of scores against uh, <laughs> the backup players from the chiefs i i, I don't even see that it's happening questionable. it's questionable <laughs> but all right at least uh it's gonna give me something to look forward to maybe if we're, when we're down 42 nothing i'm gonna keep saying no no now they're gonna take out the starters and we can put up a few points on the board. But man, yeah, I'm just, well, there is zero optimism this week. It's just how ugly is it going to get? Yeah, well, I mean, from the gambling perspective, I'll, I'll delve into that. I can totally see the Chiefs being up 38-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter and the Jets scoring a touchdown, making it 38-17. But even then, they're still not within 20. I mean, yep. spreads, the spread's like 19. So, you know, the Jets, would, let's put it this way. The Chiefs are not scoring under 30 at worst. At worst. So if everything goes wrong, the Chiefs will score 30. That's the minimum. That means the Jets need to score more than 10. Now, I mean, it's not like the Chiefs are the 2,000 Ravens or the 85 Bears, but but how many teams have the Jets put up more than 10 on? They, they did against Denver, but they got a defensive touchdown there. They did against um, Buffalo the first week, but that was garbage time. Where, where else? Who else have the Jets scored more than 10 on? No, it's, right? uh, it's just been an embarrassing season all around. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past, and this is the last thing I'll mention about the game without going too deep into it. I wouldn't, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that after the first quarter, the Chiefs are up 21 nothing. I don't think it's oh, unreasonable. Yeah, yeah let, let's save that for yeah. when we analyze yeah. the game because I, I, that for me, I think the Chiefs will be up 20, 21 nothing halfway through the first quarter because the Jets are going to go three and out like they always do. You know, or the Jets might take a couple of minutes off the clock on the first drive, but the Jets are going to go three and out three times in the first half of the first quarter and, and they're not going to stop the Chiefs. You know what I mean? They're not. So I, I think there's a legitimate shot the Chiefs are up four scores by the end of the first quarter. Okay, so we're kind of seeing it the same, but we'll leave oh, yeah. the in-depth analysis for Friday or Saturday when we're going to yes, submit we'll our predictions the for the game. Yeah, we'll we'll leave the the, the in-depth analysis in-depth in-depth <laughs> the in-depth analysis for later, um, and and you know our sort of our play-by-play. But from the gambling perspective, man, go grab that line before it goes up because the, the public always sets the line early in the week because the line will swing the way to public bets, and then and then the, the the you know the Vegas guys jump in later. So this line's going up. There's no way this line doesn't get back up above twenty. So I'm telling anybody who listens to this, you know, we've uh, actually had seven eight listens a day on this thing so um i mean we're hey. excited about seven or eight listens little by little baby steps little by little man yeah um i be- get that before it goes over 20 so it's a gift if it's under 21 because you got that 38 to 10 scenario you know you got that that um you know 34 to 7 scenario where you know where, where if you're under if you well not 34 7 does it 34 6 let's say and whatever whatever the case is if you can be under just like you, you want to be under seven. You want to be under fourteen. You want to be under twenty-one. You want to be under those those typical touchdown scores. And if it is, then you're in good shape. Um, 
I, I thought this line coming out looking weeks ago was going to be in the mid-20s. Again, from a gambling perspective, the Jets looking like a, an NFL offense for a couple of minutes last week actually helped. Vor, are you a gambler? Do you know a lot about gambling with the bookies and everything like that? No, actually, that's one uh, thing where I have very, very next to zero knowledge pretty much. I'll teach you some some ins and outs. But but here here is a big thing that most people don't realize, and that's why they lose. And I'm not, it's not like I'm a winning gambler, but but I just pick wrong. But um, the the bookies do not set the line based on who they think will win. That so that 19 points is not like well we think the Chiefs are going to win by 19 points. It is set strictly on what they think the public perceives the game will be like. So. The, the bookies the bookies don't want people betting all one way. They want to get equal money on both sides. So because they collect the ten percent vig, so if they get a hundred thousand on one side and a hundred thousand on the other side, they win ten thousand and pay the losers with the winners' money. The winners with the losers' money, right? So th- what they do is they set a line that they think will get people betting equally, and then they adjust the line as they go. So they set the Chiefs' line originally at twenty. A bunch of people bet the Jets, so they lower the line so they get some Chiefs money, so they equal it out a bit. So what will happen is that later in the sense. week, the smart gamblers are going to say, okay, the Chiefs are down to 18. Now we're going to start, and then the big money comes in. You know, And the more money that's bet on one side, they, they change the line so that it gets more money on the other side. All the all the Vegas guys are going to end up betting the Chiefs when it gets down to 18, 19, whatever it's going to be, and then that line's going to go back up again. So by game time, it might be back up to 21 or 22. That makes sense. See, always learning a little bit. From you. The old man always has a few lessons for me. I love it. Yeah, the gambling stuff. I mean, I, I gambled on sports heavily as a teenager. We'll, we'll, we should do one on just gambling and all my stories from when I was, you know, like when, when I would bet two or three hundred dollars on a game when I had four f- cents in my pocket. Those were fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. We're gonna do a podcast on gambling. Maybe maybe Friday before we talk about the game, we'll we'll talk some we'll talk some gambling stories. But um, this this is a great great opportunity because the jets you know the public perception was that the jets looked halfway decent maybe they'll be okay the chiefs haven't looked as crazy lately i mean they put 43 up last week but there were a couple of defensive scores in there so i I think this 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 line is lower than i would have thought it would be i thought it was going to open in the mid-20s because when the jets were looking as bad as they did three weeks ago and you know going into kansas city they could lose by 80 um, I figured the line was going to be in the, in the mid-20s. So when I saw it was that low, I was like, I'm in all over it. All right. I think that's it. Anything to add? No, I think we covered the topics I had in mind. Uh, always appreciate your feedback and your thoughts. And I'm definitely looking forward to what prediction you're going to give me when we do the next episode on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, I have to figure out a score. But, um, you know, at the, uh, at the end of the day, it, it's going to be it's going to be a high one. So. Looking forward to it. Happy with another episode. Have a good night, my buddy. Later, bro.